When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, big day today, Mark Bickley. We arrived into studio Lumo. I was earlier than you, as normal. Jace, our producer, walks in and almost cleaned up a kangaroo on the way in, like a kangaroo just bouncing around Port Road. I've seen a few foxes do that. Hey, bounce was, around Port Road. Is your mic on? Just checking. Yeah. Yeah. Where the foxes come from your area? Hey, don't where's, swear. Where's the, where's the open space there near you? Uh, um, there's some around like the Bower Road area in Semaphore. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't venture out to the western suburbs. Oh, I do. Yeah, I, no, yeah. you don't. Is, is that near Fort Largs? <laughs> Listen to near, him. Listen to him. Where do you actually go when you want to have a life? When I want to have a life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I live in the western suburbs. No, you, you don't. About? You don't. What? Glenelg is not the western suburbs. That's southwest. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm southwestern suburbs then. Um, we had a good chat today with Adrian Fletcher. He was the guy that famously kicked a ball and the umpire marked it. What was the umpire's name? Um, Ivor Crap. <laughs> Peter Carey. Oh, Ivor yeah. Crap was the very first umpire. In AFL history. Have a look. If you have a look in your AFL book, have a look at umpires. It says, I crap. <laughs> Get, have you got your book there? Well, what is, yeah, I got it. Grab your book. And while you're doing that, um, his name's Ivor Crap. <laughs> it is. I've heard of Ivor Biggin, but not Ivor Crap. <laughs> his name's Ivor Crap. Umpire. I promise you. Um, oh, wait, so I've got to find we also uh, spoke to Luke Ball. It actually got me thinking... <laughs> Got me thinking. The ten greatest athletes named after body parts. Yeah. <laughs> after Luke Ball, and because uh, <laughs> I also thought Lockie Neal is doing something with your knee. Yeah. What about Willie Dick? Yeah. Are you going to do it, or do you want me to do it? What? This is a website. Is ten it? greatest athletes named after body parts. Okay, you do it. Number one. Played for your Denver Broncos from 2017 through to 2020. His name is Jake Butt. We've got one of them. Yep. The Crows. Jordan. Wide receiver who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Lewis Lips. <laughs> Good name. Lewis, Number three, Lewis Hall Lips. of Fame guard who played from 78 to 1993 for the Philadelphia 76ers, Mo Cheeks. Mo <laughs> Cheeks. Yeah. You think about Travis Head who plays cricket yeah, for Australia. Travis Head, yep. A pitcher for the Colorado Rockies has been in the league since 2011. His name's Brett Hand. Mm. There's a Brett Hand. Uh, Hall of Fame relief pitcher who played through 68 to 85 for the Padres and the Brewers. His name is Rolly Fingers. <laughs> oh, he was a pitcher and his name was Rolly Fingers. Yeah. There's another catcher that played from 73 through to 82 for the Expos, Phillies, Cubs and Yankees. Barry Foote. What NBA a, player from Jordan 2005 Foot. through to 2011. His name's Luther Head. <laughs> yeah. Um, NFL career, one game in 62 for the Chicago Bears. Tommy Neck. One game. Yeah, and this guy who played um, 
two seasons in the majors with the Phillies. He's one of a kind, the only man who ever played pro sports with the name Leg. His name's Greg Leg. <laughs> oh, if your name's Leg, you're not naming the kid Greg. And then um, the last one, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest ever players to step onto the hard woods, pardon the pun, Magic Johnson. It says here, while there are many Johnsons out there, there's only one Johnson that's magic, which is on full display in the HBO show Winning Time. (laughs) Have you found the umpires yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, First ever umpire. Yep, finals umpire. No, keep going. I'm not not starting the podcast until you do this. Yeah, I know. So while you keep looking through here, I'm going to go into uh, 11 of human body parts in cricket. Okay? Yeah. So we have um, Henry Hand, Michael Chin, Travis Head, uh, Miriam Knee, John who, Kidney. Who, who, Miriam Knee? Uh, Archibald Palm, William Back, Don Beard, David Brain, Josh Tongue, Barry Tooth, <laughs> and Nigel Testicle. <laughs> Here we go. I made that up. 1897. They've what only, do you got? They've only got the finals umpire. And? And in 1897, the umpire who umpired the final was I Crap. <laughs> he also umpired in 1898, 1899, 1900, 1901, 1902, and then R. Gibson got a run. And then in 1904, I Crap was back. And then 1905, I Crap back again. Steve Jobs wanted to copyright it. <laughs> Imagine you're in the umpire's room. You're like, who's umpiring the granny? Yeah, yeah, I have a Crap. No, no, I get it. But who's umpiring the granny? No, it's I have a Crap. That's too much information. Who is umpiring the grand final? I have a Crap. Didn't he invent the toilet? Isn't there like bloke called a crapper or something? He played four. He played four games for Carlton in the VFA during the eighteen ninety three season before taking up umpiring. Apparently, he was a really shit footballer. <laughs> Just Google who invented the toilet. No, not on the work computer. I'm googling Magic Johnson. All right, just calm down. Enjoy the podcast. Think safety this month. Get the five minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Warm team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Two minutes past six on Wednesday, the 27th of September, grand final week. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. A huge thanks to Chemist Warehouse 2. Uh, for taking care of us all week. Mark Bickley, good morning. Another beautiful Adelaide morning, even though it looks a little bit overcast. Yeah, it does look a little bit gloomy this morning, but um, the weather's warming up as we head towards the weekend. And, of course, perfect weather here in Adelaide. If you're going to have a grand final barbecue or you're going to be out and about close to 30 degrees on Saturday, which is almost ideal, well, I would have thought. I had the horrible realisation last night that my seven-year-old daughter has been selfish enough to have her birthday party on Saturday. Mm. At like peak AFL grand final time at around wow. one o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Mm. Now I've got a, uh, a friend who um, he should know better. He's, he's having his 50th on uh, Saturday afternoon. But anyway, we digress. Some people just yeah, don't know the gravity of the, uh, the situation, do they? Oh, it's selfish. And I've, I've had a conversation <laughs> with my daughter about it. If you know anyone who has something on grand final day, 
if they're getting married on grand mm. final day, if you've had experience with this before, I love seeing people that get married on grand final day because you have a look at the reception and everybody's looking at their phone mm. as, as much as they're looking at the bride and the groom. Just let us know if you've been affected by this. Um, 0427 154 166. Have you had to... I mean, you, you've had two grand final days where you've certainly had something on. Mm. And we were reflecting yesterday that it was the anniversary of the 1998 grand final. So today, I'm going to ask you a few questions about that. Sure. Do, you, do you still have, like, catch-ups with your former teammates and reunions and things like this or only um, on significant milestones? Well, well, last year was 25 years for 1997. So what they did, they just... Because they flew people in from everywhere, they just rolled the two events into one. So... Last year was like a big reunion that um, lots of people came to. It was great fun. And so that's pretty much when, the, when they happen sort of consecutive years, they, we often just combine them. So still catch up with a lot of those um, blokes who you become your sort of lifelong friends with. Others spread out all over the state so it's a bit more, and the country, so it's a bit more difficult. But no, it's always good when we do catch up. Uh, lots of stories come out of Grand Final Week as well. We just heard in the news that Dan McStay is an obvious out for um, Collingwood and then Jack Payne looks like he's an in for the mm. Brisbane Lions. I also saw yesterday there was a, a bit of a question mark over Lincoln McCarthy yeah. and that would be a really sad story because he had so many injury problems at Geelong, made his way to the Lions and then if he misses out on a Grand Final... That'd be tough. I mean, th- these stories are always going to happen, aren't they? Yeah, well, he hurt his calf in round 23, and that's reportedly one of the issues. Uh, I, look, I didn't notice him on the weekend not being, you know, able to do lots of stuff. So uh, hopefully that he gets past that. They talk about having a fitness test. Hopefully he gets past that fitness test because he is, he's been a really important player for them since moving up there. He's he's dynamic. He kicks goals. He can take an overhead mark. He's a good kicker goal as well. So... Yeah, that'd be. It's always sad when, when someone who's played most of the year, John Noble's the other one who's a close watch. Whether he potentially comes back into the side, there's an opening there with McStay going out. I know they're different players, but you know who knows? Could they reshuffle the side around and does he get an opportunity? But like I said, it's it's always disastrous for someone who misses out. But guess what? For every person that misses out, someone gets an opportunity to come in and play. So there's always sort of two sides to um, to each story. We are here thanks to Tyre Power, Tyre Safety Experts. This final series, big night in the Walsh household last night as well, Biggs, because yesterday I asked you the question, if you are brilliant in the kitchen and you're a handyman, you had three dishes that you cooked that all kind of relate <laughs> back to Mexican, yeah. but last night in the Walsh household... Taco What is it? Taco Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Is that you saying that? No, that was LeBron James. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a tradition for him. So I try what, to try to emulate him and yeah. do everything. So it was not only Taco Tuesday in my house where we had Mexican, mm-hmm. but my wife brought home a Father's Day present which hadn't arrived. Oh, okay. And Gosh. the way it was sold to me on Father's Day morning was that um, I received a piece of paper from my two daughters which had an image of the artwork that she purchased mm-hmm. for Father's Day. And it was amazing. It's a uh, Nike Air Force One sneaker. And yes. I've got a, a, a fascination with sneakers and that brand and thought this is really exciting. And the past three weeks since Father's Day, I've been looking around the house mm-hmm. 
for, for spots where I can put it. I've been showing you areas of my house yeah, where yeah. we can put up yes. artworks and things. I went to a framing store to get a quote ready and things like that. And it arrived? It arrived last night. And what happened? It's half the size of an A4 piece of paper. Oh. <laughs> it's basically like a postage stamp. Well, well, but, but, but the Mona Lisa is similar. I, when you mm. see that in in uh, real life, you're thinking it's going to be this giant yep. thing, and yep. it's not. So, and you want to be really good, grateful. Good you go, things oh, this come is, in small packages. This is good. This has obviously gone under that machine in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Put the chip packet in the oven, yeah, perhaps. I've, I've, I've got to seem um, really grateful, and I am, of course. Look, we're going to straighten up a little bit because we are waking up to some really sad news, not just for Port Adelaide fans, but for South Australian football fans. Bits. Yeah, and that is that Port Adelaide legend Jeff Motley has passed away, aged 88, after a short illness. So our thoughts are with uh, the Motley family, first and foremost. But I guess everyone that has come in contact with Jeff, who was a larger-than-life figure. He was um, certainly a, a great football player, but even off the field, he was someone who just had a presence about them. I just had some casual, uh, um, in, you know, meetings and, you know, different times where you come across people like Jeff. And I always found this sort of very measured um, sort of, you know, strong character of a person. And um, I can see why he was such a daunting figure on the footy field. He's a little bit daunting off the field as well. He had, like I said, he had this presence about mm. him, um, and that was from someone who just had a, a casual meeting with him. But, uh, yes, for people that knew him, they speak so highly of him. And Port Adelaide fans, um, you know, revere him, the people that sort of watched him play in particular. A member of the Australian and South Australian Football Halls of Fame, he shares the Sandful record for most premiership wins as a player with nine, featuring in all of the Port Magpies' famous six flags in a row from 54 to 59, including the last one as captain coach. And um, he's a generational person, Bix, because at Adelaide Oval, when you go there to watch Port Adelaide play, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it is covered up when Adelaide play. You will see the Jeff Motley race That's at the, right. the southern part of Adelaide Oval. And when, I say generational because for those people who don't know the story of Jeff Motley, you will see his name and the players running out underneath his name and then questions are asked of who is Jeff Motley. So you have an opportunity then to tell your kids and tell your loved ones the history of Jeff Motley and the significance of what he was able to do for football in South Australia. Um, And he survived by three children, Juanita, Peter, and also um, SA Football Hall of Famer, Brett. So... It's a it's a sad time because he went through such a short illness too, mm. um, and we're we're going to be hearing stories across the day about Jeff Motley. I'm really looking forward to hearing um, Michelangelo Rucci this afternoon. He'll be on with Kimbo for the run home, and I'm sure Rucci has got a lot of stories to share too. Yeah, well, as a someone who's sort of loved sort of delving into the the history of the Port Adelaide Footy Club, he's, he's actually lived the history himself. He's a you know he's been a huge Port Adelaide fan, and he would have had lots of contact with. Jeff Motley, and um, yes, as you said, um, keen to have a listen to to Michelangelo uh, just to to sum up the man and and hear about his experiences with him. Uh, We've got a big show today. We will bring you up to speed with everything that is going on, but at 10 minutes past six on this Wednesday morning, we say Vale Jeff Motley. A safety check at your local tyre power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Quarter past six on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, Cobra Mistake is our AFL Grand Final Day partner. Premium Australia. 
Australian extra virgin olive oil and OMF. Their big, big spring sale is on now. So have a listen all weekend if you want to hear the best coverage of the 2023 AFL Grand Final. A shout out to more team Kia. Family cars at Port Adelaide too. Bix, before something very special, we did a brekkie brainstorm yesterday on our Twitter slash X account, and it was about the Brownlow medal because we had a bit of a back and forth yesterday about that. So did you want to read out the poll and some of our results that we had because you raced into Studio Lumo saying, I'm a chance I've won something again. Well, no, this was around the stage managing of the Brownlow medal. Now, I was, was, I just felt really sorry for Marcus Bontempelli because they built it up and then he was to take the lead on the second to last vote of the night, the penultimate reading of the votes. And then on the last vote of the night, Lockie Neal comes over the top of him. And I just felt like he was just left hanging with nowhere to go. It's the second time it's happened to him. Uh, Ollie Wines um, defeated him, you know, sort of late in another count. So we asked the question, should it be stage managed or should it just be read out mm. in the order of the games? And it is what it is, but we, at least we all know that this is the order of the game. So anyway, it was a very close poll uh, and it was one of the, the bigger responses that we've had. And no to stage managing ended up just getting across the line. Did it? 52 to 48. Are you making that up? No. Are you making that up? I promise you. I put my hand on my heart. Why are you smiling? No, and you, your sort of thing was, no, it's about the drama. So if I fact check this right now. Please do. Please do. I haven't voted yet, by the way. Well, I don't think with the responses it's going to be a 2% vote. But I'm happy for you to look. 52, just let it be. Read it in the order. People like a bit of entertainment. Well, 48% like a bit of entertainment. They like a bit of theatre. said build the drama. That was the question. They like some big sound effects and big intros like this. Hello. Ah! Hello. Here we are. So what we decided to do, if you call us right now, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The first caller every day wins something. Yes, love Mark it. Bickley. Today we have a one hundred dollar Archie's footwear voucher. Archie's thongs so comfy you'll never take them off. You I'm just a, need I'm to get big, your voice on. I'm a big Archie's fan, by the way. Had a couple of pair of them, and uh, very good arch support. So if you've got feet, I've got had terrible feet my whole life, hmm. and so these thongs are super comfortable. And they won't feel like thongs. Call the number right now. You don't have to say anything which is going to change the world. And if we get you on, one 736 736 you win them instantly. Your tip for the grand final. How do you feel about the Brownlow medal? I wonder if we're going to be sent a pair of Archies or they're going to take as long as those SEN branded T-shirts. <laughs> still, <laughs> still, on, still on the boat. Right. I've got my Archies. I'm all good. Well, I haven't got any. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you need to model them then, okay? Okay. So it's as simple as that. You ring, you win. one 736 736 Tom, good morning to you. What do you got for us before we hand you the Archie's voucher? Morning, boys. I just I just want to get your opinion. Um, if you had a, a wedding this weekend and it wasn't your friend, but it was your missus' friend, mm. what excuse are you using to get out of it? COVID. I don't like your missus' <laughs> friend. <laughs> uh, if you can send me, a, send me a positive rat test photo, then I'll use that. Just, hey, just get the blue texter out and just draw it in or do something. Like, people can't argue with that because, you know, you say, well, I just, look, I don't want to get anyone sick. I don't want to put anyone under any sort of jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And then you can just lock yourself. You can go into self-isolation perhaps. 
and just watch the footy. Exactly right. And the best thing is they're obviously not going to be listening to this show because they don't give us stuff about football if they're getting married on grand final day. <laughs> That's exactly right. Tom, you've also got a very good voice at this point of the morning. We love that. <laughs> so who's your tip for the grand final very quickly? Uh, I think Brisbane get it done. Yeah. I... I'm, I'm leaning more and more towards that, Tom, and only because you see some stats. Collingwood just – I'm just not sure where the goals are coming from with Collingwood. The last two games, they've only kicked 60 points. And they've been able to defend their way to victory both times. I just feel like the forward line of the Brisbane Lions, they've got six players who have kicked over 20 goals. Uh, Carlton, uh, sorry, Collingwood have got three. So I just feel like more avenues to goal for the Brisbane Lions, and that might just be enough. Tom, thank you for calling. You get the $100 Archie's footwear voucher. It's all yours, mate. Enjoy your Wednesday. Thanks, boys. Have a good day. Archie's thongs, so comfy you'll never take them off. Um, Bix, the other thing that is massive this week, and we've been speaking about it for a little while, is that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Stacks of giveaways today, though. We've got the Signet Boost Power Bank. We've got a night stay at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Plenty more, including your calls and texts. The number 0427154166. If you want to send us in a text, and we can award the text of the day to the Signet Boost Power Bank too mm. because not everybody feels comfortable calling up. That's You're right. a really intimidating presence, Mark well, Bickley. I the thought so. Can we go back and just play that little intro that you, you've just whipped up? Oh, do you like it? Yeah, I loved it. All right, here we go. Hello. Ah! Hello. Yeah, not bad, hey? Yeah, it's pretty good for you. That yeah. was just an idea thought bubble last week and now... It's happened. Yeah, I just like to turn it around really quickly. I like noises. I like sound effects. I like... I also like... LLJ, cool, J. It's 22 minutes past six. Good morning. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes past six on SEN SAE Breakfast. Mourn Team Kia is for family cars at Port Adelaide. And a huge thanks to Cobram Estate, Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil and OMF Big Big Spring Sale is on now. They are taking care of our grand final day. Mark Bickley, let's have the last word on the Brownlow medal because there's been enough outrage over the past 24 hours, hasn't there? Oh, look, I think so. And there will, there will always be outrage over it, but that's what makes the Brownlow medal a little bit unique, isn't it? Uh, Gil McLaughlin yesterday was asked if umpires should be having a little bit of a closer look at statistics to help their Brownlow voting. This was on Waitley. I think it's a fair question. Um, or should you give them some baseline data to work with? I don't know. I reckon that, that could be debated, but um, that'll be for others. The threshold issue is an umpire's vote. That is absolutely the right view, in my view. And... and it's created this mystique and this uncertainty. And if you, <laughs> people want, I don't know what they want, but the Brownlow medal is a huge night. Um, you know, it's, it's literally, it's hard to get, it's hard to get a ticket to that as it is to the grand final. And there's a reason why, and the formula works. And um, I think the debate like today is, we'll all, have, we'll all have our views, but it's part of it. I noticed mm. one thing on the socials uh, overnight, and that was having a look at all of the red carpet activity. And not only did Jason Ackermanis' wife fall over the speed hump on the red carpet, which was quite <laughs> oh, challenging, and they had to that. put a little 
thing there to say there was a speed hump there. There's now a theme of a lot of social media influencers appearing on the red carpet. For example, um, Dan Gorringe, who's a former Sun mm-hmm. and a former Blue, who's quite popular now on the socials. Um, he was asking a lot of questions, but they, they were questions more so to, to get a laugh out of the players. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, But there were some pretty tough questions on there, and I think the players would have been briefed before. And like Christian Petrarca was asked about um, bombing out in the finals, and he walked off, and I think he'd probably been briefed on it. But it's not just one group of people doing that now. There's about four or five mm. different um, organizations or companies. A lot of them are run by um, betting companies doing it. And I think the players probably get sick of answering the silly questions as opposed to the mm. how was your season. It depends who you speak to, I guess. Yeah. Look, um, there's been lots of incarnations of the Brownlow. Like I think we went through, initially it was just about the count. And then it went through this thing around the whole fashion thing, you know? Mm. So we started to have a show before the Brownlow where we just started looking at people and rating people. And then out of that came stuff on social media where people just got absolutely caned if they, yep. their dress didn't look great or if they wore the wrong color or the wrong fashion, which wasn't great either because that just, it was just ridiculous, the pressure that that created and then and now we've got this other we're now in the sort of social media aspect where anyone can just rock up stand in the foyer of the um crown casino and and try and shove a microphone and get some content from people so look in the end it'll it just ebbs and flows and the people that do the right thing so the people that do it uh well and don't try and embarrass people or don't try and you know, make fun of people. Some of it was funny, yeah, I reckon, exactly. but so I think people... it was a bit weird asking like you have to be a really good type of person to walk away from someone having a joke at you going out in straight sets in finals again. Yeah. Well, once again, like those, those people will maybe last for a year or so, but then people won't go up and talk to them because they know they're going to, you know, try and Mm. do a gotcha moment for them. And whereas other people who, who are, you know, trying to be generally funny or they're, or they're trying to sort of create content that puts a smile on your face. Most people will be happy to take part in that because that's, that's just a bit of fun. And so, yeah, in the end, you'll, you'll live and die by what you produce. We have our footy shorts next, thanks to Loop Logics, the Swiss Army knife of construction management, Bix. Also, um, we have your chance to head along to the Hotel Grand Chancellor, kicking goals with Grand Chancellor Adelaide's free extra. So we've got a night stay to give away. We're playing the game of who's in the hotel lobby. So there is a famous sports person who is in the hotel lobby. You will hear their voice, and all you need to do is identify who they are. I think it's a bit challenging today. So we'll do that on the other side of the news. Also, we forgot to mention the guests we have today are big names. In the lead up to the grand final, we have former St Kilda captain and Collingwood Premiership player in Luke Ball. Superstar. He's going to be joining us and also 200-game AFL star with the Cats, Saints, Lions and the Dockers. Adrian Fletcher is going to join us. And Quick Bix, the grand final edition today. Well, Adrian Fletcher, just quickly before we move on, is around his son Jasper is playing, but... Just such a super player himself. Had uh, played against Adrian a little bit and uh, have run into him a few times at the EJ Witten Legends game. He is just a great person. Uh, but as I said, getting a perspective of what it's like when you're a parent and your son is going through arguably the biggest 
week of his life so far. He's only he's only 19 years of age. What a year it's been for the young man. You think about Jasper Fletcher as well. He was born in February 2004, so he missed out on the three flags that, uh, that uh, Brisbane ended up winning. And then um, his dad will be able to say, well, you know what? I used to play for that club. Yeah. So there you go. Um, play for most, actually. Just <laughs> Well, you can say that yeah. too. I don't know him well enough. Uh, it's 28 minutes to seven. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 24 to 7. Good morning. We are going for 21 degrees today. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Big thanks to Tire Power. Their big footy final sale. You can enter the Vegas competition by four Toyo Open country tyres. Mark Bickley, before we head into our footy shorts, we like to do that every morning alongside Loop Logics, the Swiss Army Knife of Construction Management, and also our sports update. We stayed at the Hotel Grand Chancellor a couple of weeks ago. Sure did. Very nice day. Mm-hmm. Pleasant. Food was delightful. Seb's little bar at the front is very nice. Customer service was outstanding. All of the produce there was South Australian. So you're going to go there and have some South Australian food and beverages. We had cured kangaroo. Mm-hmm. We had, well, you had lots of chips. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing they're sort of potatoes from Virginia. Yep. I had a beautiful Barossa Shiraz, which was very nice. We were kicking goals with Hotel Grand Chancellor's exclusive SEN free extras deal. We have one of these to give away. So this is overnight accommodation for two people in a king or twin room. Now, you and I stayed in the twin room, which was lovely. Um, (laughs) No, we didn't. Overnight parking for one car, $50 food and beverage credit. It's, It's worth a couple of hundred bucks, right? At least. So our number is 1300 736 736. You just need to identify who is in the hotel lobby of the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Mm. Have a listen to this. Yeah, no, they were good earlier. Obviously, I wasn't on the ground, so... Mm. Yeah, they were good earlier. Obviously, I wasn't on the ground. Do you have a listen to it one more time? Yeah, I think I know who it is. Okay, have a listen. Yeah, no, they were good earlier. Obviously, I wasn't on the ground, so... Mm. There you go. Well, maybe I'm not so sure now. <laughs> mm. I think it sounds like someone, but it's not that person. Now we're getting Because I think it sounds like Travis Boak. Well, so have a listen again, okay? Yeah, no, they were good earlier. Obviously, I wasn't on the ground. So. It's not Travis Boak, though. Mm. It's got a grand final theme yeah. to well, that voice. I thought it sounded like someone, and now that you said it's not Travis Boak, and it's got a grand final theme that strengthens my argument. So I'm just okay. going to keep my mouth shut. All right, one three hundred. What's the little bit at the start? Is that like a? That's something? the elevator door in the hotel oh, lobby. I'm glad you told me that. What do you mean? Okay, elevator's moving. Doors open. Yeah, no, they were good earlier. Obviously, I wasn't on the ground. So. That's good. I thought it was a box crusher or something <laughs> in a warehouse. 1-300-736-736. Call us right now with your guests. We will play that throughout the show because it's an amazing prize. Thanks to Hotel Grand Chancellor. You can kick goals with their Adelaide free extras. All right, get into your sports update first, please. Yes, Bix. okay. South Australia, despite a superb century from Daniel Drew, this is in the cricket last night, have slipped to a 22-run defeat to reigning champions, WA in their one-day clash. Now, 
Sam Whiteman, top scored. This is for WA with 89. And Ashton Turner, he came in late in the innings. He blasted 86 off 44 balls to post a total of seven for 371. They played at Allen Border Field in Brisbane, which I must say is a, is a small oval. I watched a bit of this last night. Uh, the run chase from South Australia was steered by Drew. He made a, a classy 120 from 119 balls, but the Redbacks fell short, finishing on eight for 349 from their 50 overs in the tournament opener for both states yesterday. Now, I will say they lost by 22 runs. They bowled 21 wides. Mm. So that wouldn't have pleased uh, Dizzy Gillespie, I wouldn't have thought. And they gave uh, a few runs up very late in the, the inning. So um, whilst they batted really well, they'd be disappointed with their with their bowling. Uh, and the Matildas and Socceroos players are desperate to get their next collective bargaining agreement locked in before embarking on a hectic international football schedule. The current CBA for senior national teams expires on Sunday. Football Australia and the Players' Union... Uh, the Professional Footballers Australia have been locked in negotiations in recent recent weeks, attempting to thrash out a deal before the expiry date. Now, what do you know about this, Jerry? It's going to get ugly if they don't come to an agreement. It's simple as that. So when, when they talk about their CBA, yes, uh, they are discussing finances and looking at um, how players are remunerated from things like the World Cup, um, but also... Um, this this also falls under the category of player appearances. Mm. So the Matildas have three games coming up, Olympic qualifiers in Western Australia in a couple of weeks' time. The Socceroos have a match which was supposed to be coming to Adelaide but is now in Melbourne on the 16th of November. Yep. If there isn't a CBA which is um, agreed upon, they will go there, they will play the football, and then they will leave. You will not see them do any endorsements, any appearances, or anything like mm. that. These are the players fighting for what they believe is – uh, fair and just. So they want to make sure it's sorted before all of this stuff happens because you would hate to see the Matildas. And the game has been moved um, from the, the smaller rectangular venue to Optus Stadium. You would hate to see them just play and leave as opposed to being pretty accessible no, exactly. to corporates and fans and, and things like that. And this is what makes them so likeable is their enthusiasm and, and the way they do embrace yep. the fans. The, the Matildas have been fabulous at doing that. So... Yeah, that's not good. Talk about the Wallabies before we get our guesses for uh, the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Well, the hits keep coming for the Wallabies at the Rugby World Cup in France with the team sinking to an all-time low in the world rankings. They've fallen to number 10. That's following their record 40-6 to loss to Wales in Lyon, which all but ended their hopes of reaching the quarterfinals for the first time in history. The Australians have dropped one place on the ranking. Eddie Jones's men have traded places with the new number nine ranked Argentina who are coached by ex-Wallabies boss, uh, Michael Chica. So there you go. So the Wallabies, 10th in the world. There was a time when we were right at the other end of the rankings. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We are asking who is in the hotel lobby of the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Annie, good morning. Who's your guess? Good morning, boys. Is it Nick Dacos? No, it's not. It's definitely not Nick Dacos. So thank you for having a go anyway. I'm going to play it one more time. Uh, there we go. Uh, let's have uh, a chat to Rosie. How are you, Rosie? Hi, guys. I'm big fan. Um, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, we are great. Great for uh, hearing your voice. We love you. You must be the only one, the big fan, Rosie. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we want to give you the chance of uh, having a stay at the, the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Who do you think our uh, our voice is? Um, it's a big guess, but I think it's Jason Ackermanis. Oh, my gosh. Winner! <laughs> Rosie, you've done it. 
You've won the night yes. stay at the Hotel Grand Chancellor, overnight accommodation, two people in a king or twin room, overnight parking, a food and beverage credit. It's worth a couple of hundred bucks. Hey, well done. Oh, thank you. That's a good way to start a Wednesday. <laughs> hey, it's a very good way to start a Wednesday. So this is the first time you've called up this show. What's taken you so long? Where have you been? Um... I think I'm just a bit nervous to be on radio. <laughs> well, we think you're doing a great job. Who do you support? Oh, uh, the Lions. Oh, the Lions. Oh, no wonder you knew it was Jason Ackermanis. Where are you watching the game from this yeah. weekend? Um, I'm actually working, unfortunately, but I will be sneakily watching it from my phone. <laughs> and you, you were very happy that Lockie Neal picked up his second brown low? Yeah, definitely. I think it was well-deserved. Uh, awesome. Rosie, feel free to call back any time and we'll chuck you on the air, even yeah. if you just want to celebrate, especially next week. If the Lions win, we want to hear from you again, all right? And we expect you to be a little bit um, loose <laughs> after over-celebrating. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Have hey, a good day, guys. Thank you, Rosie. We appreciate you calling up. Um, that is awesome. And thanks to the team at the Hotel Grand Chancellor as well. Bix, we'll be back in a moment and we'll get into our footy shorts and continue with them. Our AFL update is alongside Scout Recycling Centre, 11 locations across South Australia. I feel like um, a lot of Collingwood or Brisbane supporters will be using that recycling centre um, over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> business will be booming, you would have thought. It's quarter to seven. Good morning. Adelaide has featured strongly in the 2023 AFL Coaches Association Awards with James Riley and Michael Godden both earning national recognition for their work with the Crows this season. Um, GWS mentor Adam Kingsley took home the big gong, which was the coach of the year last night. Hotly contested uh, coach of the year. Could have gone a number of ways, but uh, Adam Kingsley for his job, first year coach, took his Giants from 16th into the prelim final, which has been absolutely remarkable. So that was well done to him. Uh, former Crows senior coach Neil Craig was also honoured with the Neil Danaher Lifetime Achievement Award for his contribution to the game as a player and coach that spanned five decades. But James Riley won the Assistant Coach of the Year and Michael Godden was named for the second year in a row, I think he shared this with Mark Williams this year, uh, the Development Coach of the Year. So great work by both those uh, coaches at Adelaide. Speaking of assistant coaches, interesting to have a listen to Scott Burns last night on the run home with Kimbo on the Reach. Those guys back from three o'clock this afternoon talking about why he didn't put his hand up for a senior job. We made a decision as a family to come back here three or four years ago. Um, sometimes it's not always about me. You never rule anything out. But at the same time, we've got kids in school. You know, have to uproot them again to go somewhere else. Um, but more importantly, well, not more important than family, but I'm, I'm really loving the journey that we're on at the Adelaide Football Club. I, I you know, you go through, I've told you the um, the age experience, our age profile and our experience where we were in 2022, so 12 months ago, to win eight games where I think that's nearly the most the team's ever won from being the youngest or inexperienced to 12 months later getting to a position where we were just clinging nearly to that eighth spot. We couldn't quite get there. Yeah, so that was Scott Burns there and that's great news for Adelaide Football Club people. Speaks, you know, when I hear that, it speaks a lot about Scott Burns, really, I, you know, mm. just in terms of after doing the whole coaching merry-go-round, like he's been to Hawthorne, he's been to Collingwood, he's been to WA, he's now back in South Australia. That's a lot of upheaval. So He was um, also one of those guys that whenever there was a vacancy, his name was thrown up. And there's some people that eventually get a job. You look at Adam Uze, and there's others that are always basically everybody's second choice. Mm, yeah, so anyway, his time will come. What we see, what we see is people actually valuing 
people's longevity in the game. You think about Adam Kingsley. Adam Kingsley's been an assistant for a long, mm. long time, and it gives you a better chance of having success with that sort of breadth and of knowledge and experience. So, Before we move on to the umpires, can I quickly play for you what he said about Tom Duday? Because his name's been thrown around by a couple of clubs. I ran into Tom Duday at the Sandful a few weeks ago, who yes. said he's progressing well with his rehab. So he's at the club most days. Here is Scott Burns. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope Tommy stays. I love Tommy. I love working mm-hmm. with him. He's, you know, we've got a, a younger back line and he's certainly been one of the leaders down there with, with Brody Smith. Um, but, you know, he's got a decision to make and, and you don't get too involved at times with those things when you're mm-hmm. an assistant coach. Um, and Borlase was fantastic when he came in later in the year. He's really improved each year. He's got better and better and was probably one of the better SNFL defenders uh, for a large part of the year. So that was pleasing that he got the opportunity and performed quite well. So he's waiting to get a contract. So he's in limbo. Is it fair to say that he hasn't got one yet until you know what's happening with Tom Duda? Not yet right. as well, but there's yep. also a few things going on with Category B that we're looking for now. There might be a couple of changes to that, so we're just waiting to hear back from the AFL in the next week or so. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you would expect to have heard that Tom Duda has recommitted to the club by this stage. Mm. It's like a few days out before the grand final, but the fact that Scott mentioned Borlase, I, I feel is a bit of a, he'd actually did well in the absence of Tom Duda, so we're okay. Yeah. it's That's a, what I read into but, it. But what Kim said, so so James Borlase, I took that as he, he doesn't have a contract at mm. the moment. So I would have thought if you're 20 years of age and you've come in and you've done pretty well, like you would have thought that would have been wrapped up pretty quickly because um, it just means that list positions are really tight. There's not a whole lot of delistings. They've got some players they want to bring in, I would suspect. The stuff about the Cat B rookie. He said uh, that's changing. So that may mean that they – may be able to re-rookie him yeah. and, and not pay him as much as if well, he needed to be on the senior list. Well, it's not so much not paying him as much. I think they'll they'll do the right thing there. It's more so they can get another player. creating a list space yeah. so they can get someone else in, which is more to the point. But there's a fair bit going on. Another article in the paper today with some reports around Tom Duday. We know, well, we, we've heard that he's been offered a two-year deal by Adelaide after initially the five-year deal coming off the table once he re-injured his knee. There was a report in the paper today that Collingwood, uh, Brisbane and Sydney are all uh, sort of flirting with the idea of offering Tom that five-year deal. So so that's kind of, that's probably where the the big decision comes. Do you back yourself in, do a two-year deal on Adelaide, then hope that you play some good footy in the back the, the last 12 or 18 months and that gives you the impetus to sign another, you know, three or four-year deal on really good money? Or do you say, I'll take the security of having a five-year deal on really good money and depending on, you know, that, that takes the pressure off having to get back and play really good footy within a year. DT says on the text line 0427 154 the industry needs to seriously look into Michael Godden. He's an absolute star and great to see back to the National Awards recognition. Do the Crows know exactly what they are blessed to have? Thank you, DT. Talk about the umpires, Bix. Yeah, look, I think there was um, a lot of people, I put my hand up, I was included. I'm not an umpires basher, but I was disappointed with the last quarter of the Collingwood GWS game. They just put the whistle away. And it was interesting. This was earlier in the week or, or after the game. A couple of the big names of our industry. First of all, Luke Hodge, who was at the game, spoke about you know how they saw the last quarter between Collingwood and, and GWS. 
It would be interesting to see how many of those umpires get a job next week. Because if you go through a lot of those free kicks that were missed, they will not be at the MCG. And I'm not being harsh on them. This yeah. is a prelim final, and the umpires put the whistle away. A lot of those decisions were pathetic. They did not do a good job last night. Mm, so they didn't do a good job last night. So that was Luke Hodge talking the next day on Saturday. Uh, on thread, uh, no, Sorry, um, I'm not sure. We're on the radio, Melbourne radio. Lee Matthews backed that up. He wasn't happy either. Last night's total failure to protect the player with the ball, even by modern standings, I reckon was appalling. There was 24 free kicks paid. Only 24. Why did it happen that four umpires, four of the good umpires, went to a game and decided just not to pay free kicks, not to protect the player with the ball? Very strong from both of them. Mm, so, on the back of Luke Hodge saying, I wonder who gets the, uh, you know, they won't be at the MCG next week. Well, Luke's going to be a bit disappointed because yesterday the grand final umpires were named and two of the umpires that umpired in the Collingwood GWS game ended up being rewarded by being given the AFL grand final. So Hayden Gavin and Simon Meredith, both umpired Collingwood versus GWS, they go into the, the big dance. And Matt Stevick and Robert Finlay, I think from my experience, they're, they're two of the, the better umpires, Stevick and Finlay. Brett Rosebury, he's uh, left out. He's been a long-time uh, experienced umpire. He's umpired a number of grand finals. So um, Meredith and Gavin sort of preferred over Rosebury as well, which is interesting. So they're the four AFL umpires. And as uh, Luke Hodge intimated, he was expecting none of those to be able to, the Collingwood GWS, but two of them went through. Thank you, Mark Bickley. Uh, we're here thanks to Tire Power, their tyre safety experts this final series. We still have two big-name guests coming up on the show today. We're going to be speaking to Adrian Fletcher just after 8 o'clock this morning. And prior to that, Luke Ball, Collingwood Premiership player. Next, we need to talk about Callum Mills because he has been reportedly injured and may miss the start of the 2024 season. St Kilda and Essendon are coming up with an unusual kind of mm. trade which has been put forward to that your calls, one three hundred. 736736. It's S E N S A. Live from Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Local tyre power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Three minutes past seven. Thanks to Montaigne Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. Good morning to you. We've had a big hour already, Mark Bickley. We've given away. $100 Archie's footwear voucher. We've given away a night stay at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Plenty more prizes. Quick big still to come. Luke Ball, Adrian Fletcher, our number one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Matt in North Adelaide. Good morning. Yeah, morning, boys. How you going? Yeah, well, thanks, Matt. Look out your window. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I just got a few minutes to kill before I'm catching the bus. Um, the reason I'm actually Matt, calling... Matt, you could actually walk into Studio Lumo and ask what you're asking right now because you are outside. This is amazing. Go for it. What do you got? Um, so I haven't heard all week. I've listened to Victorian SCN. Um, do you remember on Friday night when the boundary umpire didn't call the ball out on the members' wing at the MCG and the field umpire came over and just caught up a ball, in, mm. a ball up because he assumed it went out or... The boundary umpires didn't call the whistle. That's the most amateur umpiring I've seen in a long time. I haven't heard it brought up all week. Do you remember that? Yeah, look, it was just this assumption. The ball bounced and it was sort of halfway over the line and then everyone stopped. And because everyone stopped because they thought it was out of bounds, the field umpire blew his whistle and and 
stopped the game and said, okay, throw it in. But the boundary umpire said, well, it didn't go out. So then it was forced, the field umpire was forced to actually throw the ball up. So it was, um, I guess it was a little bit of the fault of the players as well because they just assumed that it had gone out. The boundary umpire did his job by not blowing the whistle, but thankfully it wasn't at the very end of the game. It was sort of in the middle and didn't impact it, I don't think. So, yeah, anyway. I'm just blown away by what's happening in the moment. So Matt is just outside Studio <laughs> Lumo. Jace, can you give him a bottle of the Cobram Estate olive oil or something to take with him? Hey, Matt, you can have some olive oil. I don't know it's what you're going to do with it, but just have it all right. <laughs> that is all yours. Um, Thank you very much for calling. <laughs> they are taking care of our grand final day coverage. Um, premium extra virgin olive oil and OMF big, big spring sale is now on. All right, Bix, let's get down to business with our daily agenda. I had an early bed last night before I uh, put my head on the pillow. I jumped on social media and saw outrage over Callum Mills. What can you tell us about what happened? Yeah, well, look, reports are that uh, on their celebrations, uh, on whatever they do on Monday or Tuesday when they just let their hair down a little bit after a big long season, that Callum Mills was reportedly having a bit of fun, having a bit of a scuffle, you know, messing around, skylarking, as young men often do, and he injured his shoulder and... Uh, He's actually gone in, so it must have happened earlier in the week because he's gone in. He's had surgery on it last night. The club have put a statement out that said, yes, they're disappointed that their club captain is, uh, you know, injured himself in the off-season. It's not ideal. But they sort of scoffed at reports that he won't be ready for round one. They said the the uh, operation was successful. The recovery period is, you know, he's recovering well. So they haven't ruled him out for the start of the year. But I'm not sure, you know, what we can do about this in terms of, Nobody intends to get injured. Nobody sets out to to uh, injure themselves. And, and young men are young men, and they're going to mess around a little bit. But I'm, I'm not sure we can be outraged over it. I'm not sure too many people are outraged over it. I just think that yeah, this is just one of these unfortunate things that happen um, when you're a young bloke and you live life. This is the thing that I was a bit confused with. The reporting last night... So I'll read out one of the tweets, okay? So this is from one of the journos in in Melbourne who was the first to break this news. This is Mitch Cleary. Sydney co-captain Callum Mills has undergone shoulder surgery after wrestling with a teammate at Mad Monday celebrations. He's now in doubt for round one next year. Mm. So it's the 27th of September today. If he's had shoulder surgery, is that likely going to keep him out until March 2024? Well, if it's a full shoulder reconstruction, that's... Probably, so let's call it October, October, November, December. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Absolutely. So instantly, the style of how that is reported makes people go, well, it must be a really troubling shoulder injury. Mm. And then the outrage sets in. And I understand how the media works and all that kind of stuff, right? But um, I know that uh, our very own Kane Corns, for example, has issues uh, with players doing things outside of the football world. Mm. But what are you going to do? Because if you removed from at Mad Monday celebrations from that tweet. Sydney co-captain Callum Mills has undergone shoulder surgery after wrestling with a teammate. Mm. No problem. It's just an unfortunate injury. But as soon as it says Mad Monday, like they have to be able to live their lives as well. Does that mean we have to restrict them? We have this argument every year. Yeah. Do we have to restrict them from getting in a car? You know, Jason, our producer, I said this morning, had to avoid a kangaroo on the road. Mm. Like, how protected do they need to be where we can't let them live their lives? Well, and that's it. People people don't set out to do this stuff. And is it ideal? No, it's not. Is Callum Mills professional? You know, as a general rule, I would think yes. And but once again, if you go out to well, – this is the trouble. The cohort that, that 
our AFL players, which is between 18 and 30, they're young men. And the very thing that makes them elite sports people is, is this ultra competitiveness and this sort of, uh, you know, risk taking mentality and, and having a crack and all these things mean that at different stages in there, you know, away from footy, they're still going to, they're still the same personalities. And, these things happen in our society all the time. Go to a pub and you'll see blokes messing around. Go anywhere. I was at the Sandful. There would have been 20 footy trips from country Victoria, country New South Wales, with guys wearing singlets and having a great time. And I bet you there was 100 scuffles that happened, you know, messing around over the weekend. It's just what sometimes young men do. And they're unforeseen and there's not a lot you can do about it. Just get on with it. So let's go through the checklist, Mark Bickley, of things that you can and can't do as a footballer in the off-season. <laughs> so fishing, you're allowed to go fishing? Well, this is the interesting. You would say yes, but rock fishing is the most dangerous sport in the world. I'm just saying on a boat. On a boat. Gonna, yeah. yeah, you can do that. What if you, the hook accidentally gets you or you get <laughs> bitten by one of the fish when you're trying to get it off the line? Can you go rollerblading? Well, not if you've got any sort of sense of pride. Oh. <laughs> Can you high-five a teammate if you've got a history of bad shoulders? <laughs> yeah, no. Look, I understand where you're going with all this, and we're, we're on the same page. Yeah. And I think 90% of the population are. I would say 99. Um, what do you think? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What we are going to do in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, is come back. And I want to get an insight into preparation yes. for AFL Grand Final Day from your perspective, mm. because it's now Wednesday leading into a Saturday Grand Final. So just get your thinking. Can, can I can I just tease a little bit? I had something happen on the Friday of Grand Final week, you know, the day before the game, that I had that I felt almost sick. I made a mistake and I did something. And, uh, it wasn't like what you did in 93, was no, it? No, the no. flatulence problem no, no, no. that ruined I thought the... <laughs> I thought I was going to absolutely cop it. I'll tell you about that after the break. I actually told my uncle and um, his friend on Friday night, because they were talking about you. They said you were funny on the Sunday footy show. And they're like, geez, two-time premiership captain. What happened in 93? And I'm like, well, I've got a story for you. Let me tell you about Mark Bickley and his wind problem that cost the Crows. So that was a good story. Yeah. And, of course, I didn't put any kind of mayo on there. <laughs> there were people vomiting. They had to get cleaners in. If you thought COVID was bad, getting cleaners in uh, afterwards. So we'll do that next. It's 11 minutes past seven. Um, we also have this amazing opportunity for you to head across to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles, too. Uh, you can shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. If you've got any questions for Bix about his preparation for Grand Final Day 2 yesterday, it was the on this day of the... Crows winning the 98 flag. Let us know. Our text line 0427 Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 17 minutes past seven. Uh, one day, Mark Bickley, until the 23-24 NBL season kicks off. If you're in a local basketball team and you love your coach, get involved 
with Supercoach. Uh, you can register to play now. Your chance to win not just $10,000 worth of NBL experiences, but also a bonus two and a half grand. I can win.com.au. So tomorrow night, uh, Melbourne United play against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. That game is sold out in Victoria. Your 36ers face Melbourne United, who were the best performing team in the preseason. Mm. On Sunday, 1.30 p.m. is tip-off for that game. Basketball is back. Football is back really soon as in the world game with Adelaide United. Um, So we will keep you up to date with all of those sports as they commence. It's grand final week, though. You did promise that you were going to tell us a bit of a story leading into your grand final. Yeah, look, we had the grand final parade, and it must have been a bit earlier because we we did the parade, got that out of the way. This is on the Friday. Then we went back to the hotel, had a little bit of downtime, and then we would go and do a training session. And uh, when we got back to the hotel, I just put the telly on late on the bed, and I inadvertently fell asleep. So you weren't a serial napper as a no, pregame I mean, routine I mean, or never, anything? never sleep during the day normally, but so I must have been a little bit tuckered out. And then the phone rings. And what we were doing this day was before our training session, we are going to get into our full kit and we were having the team photo at the hotel before we would go down to the Oval and train. Because now they have it on the ground exactly. yeah, they uh, as soon as the team's run yeah, out. They yes, they didn't do that back in the day. So the phone rings and it's – uh, our team manager, he legendary uh, Barry Downs, and Barry is normally calm, normally you know very reserved, and he was agitated. Mark, where are you? What are you doing? We're, we're all waiting for you. And I was like, oh, holy heck! I just had this picture of Blighty, you know, <laughs> losing his, oh, no. you know what? So I quickly got in my kit, and I'm, you know, we're on the whatever the floor it is, and you know how you when you want a lift to come. And it seems like it's taking forever, so I'm pushing the button yep. to finally get down there. You feel like if you pr- if you push it more, it, it makes, makes it the quicker. lift think yeah, there's exactly. more people there. And then I sort of came as I was sort of getting, and it's in this giant, it's in the ballroom, and and I was thinking, what's this going to look like? And um, fortunately, everyone was just sort of chatting and mulling around, and and they all gave me a bit of a cheer, and I went and sat down. But I thought I was going to cop it. Mm. For stuffing up the whole preparation because I fell asleep. It wasn't great. You always do something. It wasn't a great look by the camera. Around finals. Was this 97 or 98? I think it was 97 the first time. Oh, no. So you knew better the following year. Mm. Not yeah. to fall asleep. Don't <laughs> fall asleep. No, there's, there's lots of different things that happen now. As we said, the team photo happens on the ground now. Thankfully, there's no um, grand final parade on the water this year. They've said, see you later to that. That's going to be happening through the streets. Yeah, so we used to go through, weave through the streets of Melbourne and used to end up uh, at Parliament House on Spring Street. Mm. And you, so you, it sort of culminates on a big stage, players sort of either side of the stage. Then you go, the captain would go into the middle with the, with the Premiership Cup put your hand on each side and take a photo. And against St Kilda, there was Stuart Lowe and Nathan Burke. They had two captains. So, and then you go and do a press conference after that. So Malcolm and myself and the Stan Alves and, and the two captains for St Kilda. Did you have a superstition? I saw Will Schofield wrote an article yesterday saying one of the superstitions was don't be the first person to let go of the cup mm-hmm. when you hold it up in front of the fans in Victoria. Um, did you have any of those strange superstitions no. like not wearing your sunglasses on the back seat of the car? No, no, none of all that sort of stuff. Like It worked out okay for you. Well, but do, do we really think that? Like, I don't know, I'm just, must be just a superstitious guy. Do we think that when the ball bounces and I've got to kick this goal 
Oh, that's right. Some people someone, have very someone, strong superstitions yeah. when it comes to sport, like having to put your left sock on before your yeah. right one and all, things all like that. that. All of that. But Some yeah. people refuse to even go near the banner. They run around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I respect all that. But I, in my head, when I try and rationalise it, when the game's in the balance and someone's trying to win the footy, oh, that's right. Lockie Neal let go of the cup first. So Brisbane, <laughs> so Brisbane can't win. <laughs> You know, so that that's it's effectively what we're saying that there's a greater power, and the and the person that lets go of the cup, well, at first, well, they can't win the premiership. Okay, well, I mean, just let people have their things. Well, I am, but I'm just I saying mean, you don't have to just. I'm just saying shoot my opinion. I'm just rationalising it in my head about the the theory of that. It just doesn't stack up. All the people who have incredible superstitions and have <laughs> idolised you from day one are sitting there listening to SEN now, just going. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Um, what we want to do next is our most reliable, and we do this every week. Our most reliable is thanks to Rimex wheels and rims with safety requirements and mining specifications. While we're doing a little bit of nostalgia, I'm going to give you about five minutes to think about this, Mark Bickley. Mm-hmm. The most reliable player in finals that you played with. So not necessarily the grand finals, but I'm talking about someone that you would go into a final series with that you knew would get the job done. Yep no matter the situation. So have a think about that. If you want to send in through any nominations to 0427-154-166, as we mentioned, um, one of our mates, and it's we can say that, um, is Luke Ball, premiership player for Collingwood, former St Kilda captain, mate feeding him internet without the fuss. We're going to speak to him in about 30 minutes and shortly after that, Adrian Fletcher on SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 28 minutes past seven, the grand final edition of Quick Bix is a few moments away, Mark Bickley. A few texts coming in too. 0427 because we were talking about superstitions yes. leading into finals, grand finals. You've got a text that you want to read out from Daniel. There's actually a couple of texts. Let's read them out because we love people listening to the show and interacting with us. Thank yes. you. Yes, the greatest cry of all time ran around the banner. Rod Jamison wasn't the greatest guy. <laughs> no. And one, two, Norman Thettles. Yes, that was Andrew McLeod. Both those boys used to run around the banner. I've got no idea why. Uh, boys, I genu- genuinely hate people touching any sporting trophy before they actually win it. Trophies should only ever be touched by the winning team. That's an interesting take on it, Phil. Brett goes, uh, Bix, that happened to you in 2017 when you and Matthew Richardson were holding the cup and you let go of it before Richo because he didn't want to let go of it first. And look what happened. 48 points smashing. It was your fault, Bickley. Oh, another one. Yep. Yeah, well, clearly all those um, missed shots are goal. <laughs> the The... Standing up to attention. You just need to those, embrace yeah. your inner woo-woo, Mark Bickley. Um, <laughs> Maybe my chakras weren't right that day. The feng shui of uh, the MCG. All right, Remex wheels and rims with safety requirements and mining specifications. We're after most reliable. We did have a nomination on the text line, 0427-154-166. And this is from Rocco. It says, most reliable's final player has to be Bungie. People remember the Norm Smith, but forget he kicked seven in a prelim getting tagged on one knee. So that is a good nomination there from Rocco. Well, the other one as well, he won a Michael Tuck medal in the uh, the premiership, the night premiership or the preseason game. So that's another big game. Yep. And I reckon in 97 in the prelim final, he was second best for us in that game. So if you think about arguably 
during his time, the four biggest games he played, he was best on ground in three of them, second best in one, and another grand final he was the best player. Give us your most reliable. Well, so he's he he's the really obvious one through just pure uh, accolades and being able to sort of being rewarded for that. But the other one I think who often gets overlooked is Ben Hart. I reckon Ben Hart, particularly we think about '98. That's been a bit of the theme this week because it's the the 25 years since it happened. That, that anniversary was yesterday. In the first half, when the the, the Crows were under siege. He was the one bloke. I reckon he was in about 10 one-on-one contests and, and won about eight or nine of them and just kept repelling um, North Melbourne. And so yeah, North kicked really poorly, but some of their shots were, you know, difficult shots on the boundary, on the run, long way out. And so, you know, we were able to, that was sort of what we tried to do is tried to force teams or not give them some of those spaces, but there were really good chances that North Melbourne generated that Ben Hart repelled them, and he was just a super, super reliable player, superstar. Think about All-Australian in his first two years of playing as a teenager, just phenomenal player for the Adelaide Footy Club. And, of course, was you know big part of what uh, GWS were able to do. He was their midfield coach uh, this year at, at, at the club. Great nomination. Thanks to Remex Bix after the news. It's the grand final edition of Quick Bix. Five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 25 to 8. Good morning. 21 degrees today. It's going to be warm on the weekend, Mark Bickley. It's a rarity, too, that you have the AFL and NRL grand final on the same weekend, too. So if you're a sports fan, you are going to love this weekend. Um, we got a text message coming through on 0427 Yeah, from Renee. says, morning. I'm superstitious. I'm a superstitious fan. And when Port won 13 games in a row, I didn't wash my Port Guernsey for 13 weeks as I wanted them to keep winning and thought if I washed it, their luck would run out. It's crazy. That was from Renee. I'm guessing, Renee, you didn't wash it and they lost. So... It stopped working. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Um, just for texting in, you go into the running to win the Signet Boost Power Bank. We'll keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Luke Ball is not too far away alongside Adrian Fletcher, who has a son part of the Brisbane Lions setup in Jasper. Mm-hmm. That sounded like a bit of a squeaky chair that yeah, you've got there, Mike Bickley. Maybe you should put some of that Cobram Estate olive oil on there and see <laughs> that'd, if it's... That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Meep, meep. Tell us how this works, please. Well, this is what happens. You uh, are challenging me. You've got six questions, uh, generally themed. I've got 10 seconds to answer them. If I need extra time on one of them, because sometimes you throw some curly ones at me, I've got one extension where I can extend the time by an extra 10 seconds. I think today you will require two extensions, or but two. you only get one. Oh, dear. So where you pick and choose to have it is completely up to you. All right. I'm going to take some notes. I better get ready. It's challenging. It is the grand final edition of Quick Bix. The 10-second timer sounds like this. To build up the suspense. And at the end of the timer... You will hear Joe Biden. LLJ, cool, Jay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Here we go. Question one in the grand final edition yes. of Quick Bix. How many former or current AFL coaches played in the 2004 AFL grand final? 2004. Current or former? 
Justin Lepich, Craig McRae. You can answer them now, so I've given you the time. Kingsley, Jew. Did the Scott did both the Scott brothers play? I'm going to go with yes, the Scott brothers. So how many is that? List them all again. Okay, so McRae. Craig McRae is one of them. Yeah. The two Scots. Yes. Double ding. Kingsley, Stuart Jew. Yes. Uh, Hardwick. Yes. And did I say Lepich? Yes, you did. How many is that? Seven. Seven. Good job. See, that's not a bad effort, is it? Not bad Seven from 2004, mm. hey? Uh, and, and Matty Promise was injured. Correct. Mm. The Adelaide Football Club has won two grand finals, day grand finals, of course. We are celebrating you being a nighttime premiership player too. <laughs> Statistically, where is Adelaide's most frequent final ladder position at the end of the home and away season? Where have they finished the most times at the conclusion of the home and away season? Um, I'm going to say it's outside of the eight. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say it's ninth, in between ninth, tenth or eleventh. So in between ninth, tenth and eleventh is tenth. No, no, no. It's one of those three. It is? Yeah. Okay. You tried to steer me towards 10th then. Mm. I want to help you out. I'm going to say it's 11th. And you're right. Well done. Six times Six. Adelaide have finished mm. 11th. They finished 10th this year, so they were close to making it seven. So that means they had an above average year. There you go. Two players hold the record for the most disposals in a grand final with 39. One in 2003 mm. and one in 2021. Who are they? Simon Black in 03. 2021 was in Perth. Was that right? And I reckon it was Christian Petrarca. Simon Black, Christian Petrarca is correct. Good job. Both won the Norm Smith, strangely enough. Essendon has not won a final since 2004. How many coaches have they had since then? A7... B eight, C nine. Are we counting interims and all those? Do you reckon there will be any point of this where you don't ask a question as a response to my question? I'll go nine. Nine is correct. (laughs) That was right out of the back passage, that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's a little bit too much information there. Um, Kevin Sheedy, Gary O'Donnell, Matthew Knights, James Hurd, Simon Goodwin, Mark Thompson, Matthew Egan, John Worsfold, Ben Rutten, and Brad Scott. There's a lot in that sort of... uh, Yeah. Text coming through 0427 154 166. Lily says we forgot Josh Carr in the uh, 04. I don't think Josh has had a... Matt he was the senior coach. So that's it. We're all good for, with feedback. Maybe did Ken have COVID or something and Josh maybe coach one game? Not we, sure. We're talking sort of. Yeah, yeah we'll fact check that. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's continue. Thanks, Lily. Um, this is the second last question. Name the five individual goal kickers for Adelaide in the 1998 grand final. The five individual goal kickers. Yep. Darren Jarman. 
individual goal oh, kickers. Individual. Oh, I want to give you a buzzer now. <laughs> individual times five, Darren Jarman. Okay. No, Mark, Mark Rusciuto, kick one. Um, can I have an extension here? Just while I'm thinking. Oh, as the time runs out. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay, so Mark Rusciuto definitely kick one. Um, I think James Tyson kicked the goal. Yep. I think Brett James yep. kicked the goal. Uh, Kane Johnson. Yes, one. give us one more, Bix. It certainly wouldn't be pathetic if... Prophetic? David Pittman. Yes, <laughs> well done. Oh, oh that's goodness. outstanding from you. You've done such a good job. Um, this is the last one. Well, I should know the goal kickers. I've watched the game a Absolutely. You, yeah, you have. <laughs> and you, you insist there's four TVs here in Studio Lumo that we play it all the time. Um, Studio Lumo is also the host of the last question in the grand final edition of Quick Bix. Mark Bickley, mm. you always knew it was going to come. Finish this song. There's nothing left to sing. Yeah, there is. No, I'm out. What is it? How did he just end it then? But I won't do that. Yeah, sing it. But I won't do that. That's better than meatloaf, that wasn't really? it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realise how bad that was. I was actually at the game. I knew it was ordinary, but when you hear that, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I've really stuffed up the first yeah. one. I forgot Michael Voss oh, as yeah. well. So there's... <laughs> I forgot him as well. (laughs) Andrew, who is texting 0427154166, you can have the Signet Boost Power Bank because I forgot Michael Voss in there as well. Hey, great work, Bix. Another edition of Quick Bix. You did an amazing job. We are going to speak to Adrian Fletcher next. Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 11 minutes to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. In a moment, we are going to chat with one of our mates, Adrian Fletcher. Um, and, mate, you can get fed into the internet without the fuss. Bix, we just had the grand final edition of Quick Bix and there was a bit of controversy in regards to the first question and that was um, how many former or current senior coaches played in the 2004 grand final and uh, I forgot Michael Voss. A, a text came through from Andrew who's won the Signet Boost Power Bank um, on our text on 0427154166 correcting me on that. Um, he's also sent another one through um, talking about superstition and Perhaps it got the better of me. Yeah, grand final nerves, Walshie. Maybe you let go of the Premiership Cup first. There That's you go. very true. Um, uh, you had you had a fun well, statistic from well, that. I just went through and looked at the stats from the game. Out of that 2004 grand final, there were eight senior coaches. There's seven assistant coaches, folks like Brendan Laid and Josh Carr and the like, uh, Nigel Lappin. There are six full-time media people, so Jonathan Brown and Warren Treadray, Kane Corns and the like. Uh, and then you've got a couple of football administrators. You know, Josh Marnie is working at the AFL now. Luke Powers coaching the Institute uh, or the Academy side. So 23 players all up out of the 42 making a full-time living out of football. Just Not shows bad. 
When you have success, people will want you around the place. As the Brisbane Lions are preparing to face Collingwood on Saturday at the MCG, uh, Bix in, against Port Adelaide, uh, Brisbane's first final of this series, mm-hmm. um, there was one player who hadn't played a final prior to that, and that was the son of our next guest, Jasper Fletcher. Kicked three goals against Port Adelaide in his finals debut and now preparing to play in his first grand final, which is pretty incredible after an amazing year. And we talk about the word incredible. That can certainly be attached to our next guest when we speak of his football career, 231 AFL games, the former co-captain of the Fremantle Dockers. We say good morning to Adrian Fletcher. Congratulations, first of all, mate. I'm sure you're having a proud father moment right Right now, yeah. Hello, Jared. Hey, Mark. Yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty. I have to pinch myself um, to be playing in his fourteenth game, and he gets a chance to run out in the last dance. It's pretty exciting for him. Well, no doubt about that. Two hundred and thirty-one games you played didn't quite get there, but just tell us about the journey this year because it's his first season. Um, you know, he, he's uh, he's done remarkably well, and I know. You're a pretty unflappable type of guy, but how do you go watching your son when he's out there doing what he does? Yeah, no, it's uh, proud, I suppose, excitement, um, uh, opportunity. All those words come to mind, but um, I watched him as a junior come through and he always had this time and space and um, he, he's been able to transfer that into um, into the AFL and have that 360 in awareness. And when the finals come around, it's obviously helped him in those, in those games. Mm. And he looks to me just a little bit more athletic than you were. You were an actual yeah. bull magnet. You found it no matter where you went. Um, what's mum like? Mum must be a little bit more athletic, is she? Yeah, no, mum, <laughs> mum played uh, basketball for Australia. She had an opportunity to play basketball. Played um, 300 games, WNBL, and mm. she was a three-point shooter, Narelle, and she had all the speed in the family. So he was very lucky to have her genes. He wouldn't if he had mine. He probably wouldn't get to the draft camp. So. <laughs> what, what's it been like for you as a family? The Brisbane Lions have been amazing for the past couple of seasons, but to have an undefeated season at home and they were challenged in that first quarter against Carlton. I was certainly in shock, but um, to have the confidence going into this weekend at a venue which doesn't normally suit them, have you had time to have a chat to Jasper and, and get his thoughts on how they're preparing for this weekend? Oh, we, we, he come over, uh, um, we caught up with him Sunday, so they weren't really talking about footy, but um, I do know that the older brigade, you know, Zorkos and um, McCluggages, uh, Lockie Neal, you could just see the want and uh, the willpower to get to the um, to the opportunity to walk up on the dice, and, and not many people get to do that. You can just see it in their eyes. Uh, Rainer, Rainer probably had a quiet game last week, but... If he takes the game by the scruff of the neck, uh, uh, he did it after half time. If he does that on the on the big stage, um, he really set the, the team up for a, a good good outing. Hmm. Uh, was it always a fait accompli that you were going to settle in Brisbane? Of course, you started at Geelong, uh, went to St Kilda for a season. Brisbane ended in Fremantle, played some really good footy in Frio. Were you always going to go back to Brisbane, or how did you end up there? Yeah, no, it was funny how I ended up back here, Mark. I was um, I was assistant coach at Collingwood. Um, I've done my five years stint as a midfield coach, and then um, and then the opportunity come to come back and be assistant coach under Lee here. Yep. Um, and then uh, Bossy got the job, and I was there for five years, and then I I sort of stayed around development in in the footy worlds of the under 18s and Jazzy was coming through, and our kids, uh, Indy, were in high school, so we. 
we obviously sunshine and and beaches. This is probably a good place to be, so we stayed here. <laughs> so, so I've always wondered. I was, you know, I played one club. You've sort of travelled around a bit. So, is Brisbane your club now? Is that the, the place you call uh, the one you, you you relate to the most? Yeah, well, you'll probably say um, we we probably started off being a pretty ordinary team in '93 when I got here, and then we got through to a semi final, and, and they're the friendships you make along mm. the way. I played 107 games, and and then I got I got life membership to the club when I um, come back and I was there another five years coaching so there's the 10 years they give me life membership I get a pie and a can of coke to go to the footy <laughs> and, uh, and now, now I get to watch my young bloke run around and, and see how he goes on his journey. Now there a lot's changed since you were playing Adrian um, umpires aren't marking the football from kicks <laughs> from you anymore They're, yeah. they've got a few more umpires on the field but um, have you noticed a couple of differences would you be able to survive in this current climate of being an AFL player with social media and the intense scrutiny of the media No I don't think I would I, I, I like to uh, I always like to wind down before the game people wind themselves up um, they put out a, a, a post every day, but um, yeah, she's hard. You, you you can't hide in this game, and um, no bigger stage, I suppose, than um, the last day in September. And the, the boys get an opportunity, and that's all it is—an opportunity. So mm. hopefully they go well. Will you offer uh, Jasper any advice? Uh, enjoy. We've obviously told him enjoy the week, but. Um, now he's just got to let him express himself really on game day. He's got that ability to bounce the ball and, and take the game on. So if he can't do that, he's not going to help the team. So he's just got to let himself go. Um, what was your instructions when you were preparing to face Mark Bickley? I like to ask all of our <laughs> yeah. guests of Mark Bickley's <laughs> reputation of a footballer and what, what was discussed in the, the pre-match change rooms before making your way onto an AFL arena. What did you know about Mark Bickley and what was he like to play on? Oh, he's one of the greats. That's what we used to say before the game. He, he, was, he was a tough, tough, <laughs> tough low-centred gravity midfielder that kept going in the ball and... Um, he was a passionate boy, and he, he he always played well against us. So I was always uh, I was always um, wary of uh, Mark Bickley. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh no, Fletch, you you're being too kind there, mate. But you you and I are about the same speed, so we always look forward to playing on each other. That's, that's generally the rule of thumb. Hey, mate, um, congratulations on you, you know the journey you've been on. You know, watching Jasper this year. I think everyone who uh, you know we. We, who played against yourself. We've had a couple of chances to have a beer and get to know each other over a few of those sort of Legends games that we've done. And, yeah, yeah. We, we follow Jasper with, you know, great interest. And in his, his development this year has been awesome and he gets a, an amazing opportunity, as I said, in his 14th game to play in a grand final. So we wish him all the best. I really appreciate it, boys. Yeah, have a, have a good call and um, hopefully um, it goes well. Adrian Fletcher joining us on SENSA. He's a very low-key, humble human being that doesn't like to stand into the spotlight to take away the attention from his son, who you would think will play in a grand final. On the flip side, then there's Peter Dacos. I don't think too many people like sitting alongside me because I'm an elbower, I elbow, I fidget, I, you know, sort of, I'm all over the shop. So um, I ride the bumps a little bit. And um, so, yeah, no, I get nervous. I'm not looking forward... I am looking forward to the game. It's going to be a, a cracker, but geez, the nerves are, 
are going to get um, definitely tested for sure. I love it, Bix, because there's so many different ways of parenting. You don't want to get too involved in what's happening with the Mm. kids, but you just want to see them succeed. And what proud moments for those families. Yeah, and I I love Peter, you know, when they they often cross to him in the crowd and he's just, he's enjoying it and loving Mm. it. And um, he's there with his wife and supporting his kids. But like in the end, like you said, there's so many different ways of parenting, but gee, how how proud would the Dacos family be? The way those two boys have handled themselves yeah. both on the field and off the field, they're just humble, classy. Um, they, they show gratitude. Gee, I tell you what, they have looked like they've just, you'd love them as sons. I reckon they've just been fantastic the way they've carried themselves. So to uh, the Dacos family, to Collingwood, the way they sort of, show for them through this sort of journey of their AFL careers. They've done an amazing job. He's 19 years of age. It's, well, it might be 20 now, but it's just been phenomenal to watch him over the last couple of years just to, at the ease, he's handled this enormous attention. The biggest family of the biggest club in Australia, yep. and he's just sailed through it effortlessly. And this has been the biggest challenge for all non-Collingwood supporters over the past couple of years that we're, we're starting to hate them less. And we're going, geez, they're doing things right. And you just feel this weird feeling inside you, which is a, a bit of a sickness going, what is this? Do I have another strain or variant of COVID? Do I have gastro? And it's like, no, I think I'm starting to like Collingwood. It's the vaccination. It's a horrible feeling internally. And you feel like taking a day off work and you've got the Collingwoods. It's, a bit weird. it's eight o'clock on SCNSA. Speaking of which, we're going to talk to one of their premiership players, Luke Ball, next. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Two minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. Our number is 1300 736 736. We just heard in the news, Bix, about all the trade talk at the moment. I saw this one last night. Uh, Essendon and St Kilda potentially working on a trade Mm. that Essendon pays Jade Gresham enough to trigger first-round pick compensation. Then St Kilda gets the pick, trades it back to Essendon for Dylan Scheel. So this deal would ensure the Saints get something for Gresham's exit, opening up the cat room for Bombers, hand them a top 20 pick. Wouldn't they say it ensures it? They're going to get something for him anyway. Yeah. It's fraught with danger for two reasons in my head. One is... We're just flippantly saying, oh, they're going to pay, Essendon are going to pay Jay Gresham a whole heap of money to trigger, to get a first round compensation pick. What do the other Essendon players think when, you know, numbers will get thrown around like yeah. 700,000 or 650,000? What if you're on, you're a really good player at Essendon and you're, you're getting less than that? You're going to say, hey, that doesn't sit right with me. And the second part of it is the reason why the AFL don't disclose what does trigger a first round compensation pick, which is, you know, the seven secret herbs and spices is because there's every chance they can pay them whatever they want. And then they say, nah, we're just going to give you an end of first round. So it's not, there's a bit of America, American sports coming into that though. In the NBA, I know through their CBA, they have a sign and trade deal. So if a player is going to leave as a free agent, um, they can negotiate with the other club, hmm. sign that player, and then trade them so the other the other team is going to get something. Adelaide and Geelong did it with Patrick Daly. Yeah, exactly. They agreed to trade rather than do, go to free agency. Let's go to our next guest, a uh, premiership player with the Collingwood Football Club, also a fantastic representative of the Saints as well. We are talking all Australian in 2005, St Kilda captain 06 in 07. And I think 
not just one of the moments after the 2010 grand final, Bix, was unusual due to the draw, but the following week, the way that Luke Ball handled himself with um, modesty and humility with some of his former teammates was absolutely outstanding. We are blessed to be joined by him this morning. Good morning to you, Luke. Grand final week. Here it is again. I'm sure it brings back some great memories for you. Uh, yeah, morning, Joe. Morning, Bix. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, it does. It's an exciting week, isn't it? And it's it's just starting to... To build now, uh, what are we, Wednesday, um, looking forward to, to Saturday. The, the sun's come out. I think uh, you guys have sent some warm, you're going to send some warm weather across yes. the border for Saturday. So looking forward to it. Look, let, let's go back to 2010 because it, it's quite a remarkable story. The way, one, you finished up at St Kilda, you ended up at Collingwood. Then fast forward, you know, 23 rounds and then you you find yourself playing against your old side in the grand final how, how was that what was the feeling going into into that match yeah it was because it was yeah i suppose reasonably unique i'm not sure if it had been done before and and, and unfortunately well it could have happened this weekend mm. but for uh poor dan mcstay's injury on uh, on friday night unfortunately he's you know he's going to miss but yeah look it was it was a it was there were mixed emotions, um, as you said. I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd spent eight great years at, at the Saints, uh, and you know, met some. You know, I was I arrived as a seventeen-year-old, so mm. you sort of grow up a bit with with a lot of those other guys, and played a lot of footy with them. And um, you know, twelve months earlier, we we obviously just fallen short of of achieving that ultimate with with the Saints, and you know, the, the Saints' second ever premiership, and you know, made the really sort of gut-wrenching call to. Um, to, to go to Collingwood, you know, for a fresh start, and as you said, twelve months later, was was standing next to them, you know, singing the national anthem, about to play in a, in a grand final, <laughs> and then, um, as you said, Joe, to play it out the way it did. I mean, you couldn't have scripted that. We won't, uh, we won't get that sort of um, that feeling again in footy because they've put a stop to the uh, to the draw and having to come back next week. But yeah, it was all. Uh, I, I do get asked about it a lot, and. and you know, we obviously came back the next week and 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 got the result. And I did just the the immediate emotion when the siren went was um, was feeling for the guys who you know I'd been on that on that side with the year before, and you, you just know how how shattering that feeling is. So uh, it, it was mixed emotions at, at the time. But then obviously as the as the, the night goes on and, and you sort of walk around and it becomes quite evident. Um, what it means to people, you know, and supporters in particular, it's um, it's a pretty special, pretty special day. What's the feeling like too, Luke, when you're a player who's in their first season at a football club and you win a premiership? There's potentially Billy Frampton's going to do that if Collingwood win this weekend and if he's selected. There's also Markov. There's a handful of players that are in their first season joined by their teammates who have been on the journey for a lot longer together. Did it feel a bit unique for you, especially adding that St Kilda element to it? Yeah, it's a good question. It, it, it did in a sense because, I mean, I, th- I think if you could, you know, at the start of your career, if you could script it, you'd say, well, I'd come in with a group of players and, and you know, over over a period of time, you, you'd build towards that that ultimate, ultimate success. But, you know, obviously it doesn't always pan out like that. It, it, they're, they're so hard to win. And then, yeah, for me and, and you know, some of the guys that you mentioned, um, you know, Bobby Hill's another one, isn't he? And, mm. and there's some, you know, probably Brisbane as well. Who are relatively new, um, it, it, yeah. You don't, you potentially don't have that feeling, and, and uh, you know that's why I made the point that you know, walking around. I'd only been at Collingwood for twelve months, but the, I guess the lap of honour after that, you know, after the siren went, and, and you really, it really sinks in then. And not only, not only the supporters, but 
um, you know, the people behind the scenes at the club. Yeah, there'll be people at the club, at both clubs, who um, who have been there for for years. Who are, you know, unsung heroes. You know, they might be the boot starter or the or the chef that cooks all the meals. You know, those sort of people who, who have been there for a lot longer. So it's, I mean, we know that it's a, a whole of club achievement for whoever salutes on Saturday. But there, there will be some that uh, that are fresh faces. Uh, you know, Tom Mitchell's another one, isn't he? Who's who's been at a couple of clubs and just fallen short at Sydney. Who, um, if they do get to achieve it, will um, will have those sort of feelings. Mm. Uh, just that era we you just discussed around 2009 at St Kilda, losing grand final. 2010, a draw. You go back and win it. 2011, you're back in the grand final again. If I remember rightly. You know, talking about close prelims on the weekend, you I remember Buddy Franklin kicking a freak goal to put Hawthorne in front. It was about 23 minutes into the last quarter. You get a goal from a forward 50 stoppage, I think, to, to put Collingwood in front and then you you win. Just tell us about that feeling and that euphoria, what that must have been like. Yeah, I vaguely remember that one, Dix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think... And I was there Friday night uh, for the, the, the Pies-Giants game. And there is something special, uh, you remember yourself, something very special about prelims. Mm. I think, I mean, it is the final hurdle. It's such a it's such an effort and achievement you know, that starts, you know, we know starts probably way back, uh, well, really a month after the previous season finishes for these teams and, uh, you know, when the, when the dream starts. And that, that final hurdle you know, is so often the hardest to, to jump. And, and that was the case Friday night as well. I mean, it was a really hard watch for, for Pi supporters on Friday night. But, yeah, a similar sort of game, the way it played out. You know, there's so much um, pressure. It's so intense. You know, disposals are hard to come by, let alone goals. And, and that was the case that night back in, in 2011. And, and you're right, it looked like, uh, I think, I mean, I think the Hawks were three goals up at three-quarter time. And, and then we sort of clawed our way back. But then it looked like uh, the brilliance of Buddy was going to break Collingwood Hearts. Um, until you know a minute later, where I was lucky enough to get on the end of one and and curl it through. So that, yeah, they're, they're special moments. But unfortunately, you know, I'm quick to remind people, as special as that was, um, it's what happened the week after. It <laughs> keeps me up at night every now and then. So uh, it was all to no avail. And and that's you know the, both the beauty and the the heartbreak of footy, isn't there? There's no, uh, there's only going to be one winner this weekend, and and, and uh, both both teams. Players have, have worked so hard, and and uh, you know we're, we're sort of taught almost, aren't we, from an early age, drum doers, that we if we do work this hard, that that um, success will come. But you know at that level, it's it's uh, that they're so hard to win. So um, that's going to be again, that's going to be for for one team on the weekend. They're going to have that feeling for the, and for the others. It's almost like um, all this for, for for nothing. Just before we let you go, Luke, is there an added pressure? to play for the Collingwood Football Club. I was at the MCG on Friday night for that prelim, and I think the fans were in shock after the first two goals of the game because they went quiet for a little bit. But to play for such a big club with such big expectation, as much as um, Collingwood would probably go in favourites with that home ground advantage at the G, there would be that added sense of expectation to win too. Yeah, I think they're used to it, Jared. I think you know the, the beauty of playing for Collingwood. I mean, the, the crowds this year have just been extraordinary, really. So, mm. um, but you're right. With that comes the um, a certain level of responsibility and expectation, doesn't it? So they they get the benefit of, or they have up until this point, of that 19th man, um, the crowd noise, and that's why the Giants did such a great job, didn't they, to to be able to, as you said, keep them pretty well at bay. Uh, for for the majority of the game, but then just as the the pies got a sniff in that third quarter, you could really really feel the crowd get into it. 
I don't think it's as... I mean, it'll, it'll certainly be there on Saturday. It's not as pronounced, mm. I don't think, in grand finals. We know there are a lot more neutrals there. Uh, I mean, Collingwood will certainly... You know, supporters will, will, will certainly outnumber the line supporters and, and be in greater voice. But I think looking at this Brisbane team and, and, and the way that they responded to the challenge on, you know, on Saturday evening in their prelim final... But they showed a real maturity, didn't they? So I don't think... Uh, I think they'll embrace it. I think we've got the two best teams for the year, which for neutrals, you know, that's all you can really ask for. And I think we'll get a you know, a, a contest that befits the occasion. So uh, obviously with my Collingwood scarf on, I, I hope that they, <laughs> thought they end up in the, on the right end of the of the ledger. But um, it's, a, it's a toss of the coin at the moment. It's a really hard one to pick with, mm. uh, you know, objectively, I think. Where, where will you take the game in from? Will you get along or will you watch it somewhere? Yeah, I'll go big. Yeah, I'll, I'll go along. It's yeah, it's it's as I said, it's a it's a great time of um, it's a great week uh, here in Melbourne. Uh, it, it's got bigger and bigger, bigger the way you know. I think that you know the live site from today and at uh, and at the MCG and surrounding park, uh, grounds there is fantastic. It's school holidays, um, the sun's out, so yeah, I'll, I'll go along and, and and just watch as a as a fan and, and you know, I hope it's a terrific contest. Yeah, well, thanks so much for sharing some of your time and some of your memories. You've played a really big part in, you know, that rich sort of tapestry that is grand final week. You've had some great moments there. So uh, enjoy the day. Thanks, guys. Good to chat. Luke Ball joining us on SEN uh, Breakfast. And what a great human being he is, Mark Bickley. Superstar. Um, but, you know, stayed involved you know, on the periphery in footy as well on a number of different roles. But he, yeah, like you said, great human being, uh, played the game the right way. Um, incredible journey in terms of grand finals, played in four grand finals in three years mm. so, uh, and drew one, won one, lost two. So he's been on the boat. You just be relieved as soon as that final siren sounds. Yeah. And he showed that at the end of that second grand final too, after the draw. Um, thank you to Tyre Power, Tyre Safety Experts. This final series, back after this. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 19 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Hey, tomorrow on the show, Mark Bickley, we're going to be speaking to Nick Maxwell, former Collingwood Premiership skipper. He, uh, in 2010, alongside Luke Ball, managed to win a flag. He was very, very influential in those grand finals too. He's one of those captains which was quite unheralded. I think he's very similar to you, Mark Bickley, in the most respectful way possible. Mm-hmm. He's much more impressive than what I ever was. He's he was, no, but he what I'm saying, you, you, you were um, uh, openly said that you weren't the best player on the team. Well, but Luke was. Luke was. No, I'm talking player. about Nick Maxwell. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Luke. Switch your ears on. Sorry. No, Nick. I've just done 10 minutes of saying we're speaking to Nick Maxwell <laughs> yes. tomorrow, and you thought I was comparing you to Luke Ball. Exactly. That's why. And you, oh, no, nah, number one draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Nick Maxwell was rookie listed. Yeah, you're right. Much, much better comparison. Hold on. Yep, yep. I was We're reading, on I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm okay. reading a text message where someone's uh, sort of referencing what you had to say. Text line is 0427-154-166. Walshy, Walshy, Walshy. Wash your mouth out. We are told continuously that there's no home ground advantage at the MCG just because Vic-based teams have won 13 of the last 15 flags and 11 of those have been at the G. There's no home ground advantage. Mm. Well, it's just, you can't, 
Anyway, let's just go back a few more years because it's all about when you cut it in and cut it out. Because if you say Adelaide won 97, Adelaide won 98, North Melbourne won 99, 2000 was Essendon, 2001, Brisbane, Brisbane, Brisbane. Then 2004 was Port, 2005 was Sydney and West Sydney, Coast. West and Coast, and yeah. So, so there's eight out of ten years where the mm. non-Victorian team won it. So it just depends where it lands. Now, yes, there is some advantage because it is the, it is their home ground. But at the same time, and I think it was maybe Luke mentioned in that last chat we had, once you get to the grand final on grand final day, I think it's less pronounced. You are so rapt to be there. It is the pinnacle of sport. It's a bit like saying if you play an Englishman in the Wimbledon final, he's going to have an advantage because he he's playing on his home court. Just uh, reading from our very own Sam Edmund that Brett Ratton is locked in for a new gig. He's going to be the caretaker premier of Victoria because <laughs> he had every other caretaker job. No, so he's going back to Hawthorne. Um, he's rejoining the club. He helped to three flags as an assistant in a new senior director of coaching type role. Um, Sammy says he chose Hawthorne amid a lot of interest from rival clubs after mm. leaving the Roos. Well, he's a good person. It's That's good why. for Brett Ratton. Um, it is 22 minutes past day. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! We had a big show today. Mark Bickley, Adrian Fletcher joined us. We uh, just spoke to Luke Ball. Those interviews will be on the podcast. We also played a game of Quick Bix, the grand final edition of Quick Bix today, where you successfully sung this. You, uh, you performed it better than Meatloaf, Vale, of he's, course. He sold a couple of hundred million albums. I've been ripped off. I think so too. And we're going to try and get a hold of Tom Jonas who ventured off overseas to Bali after his career finished with the Port Adelaide Football Club. Um, who knows what he's going to be doing next. I know that through his uh, wine label, he has a passion there. Mm. Um, close friend of Justin Westhoff. I saw the Hoff yesterday with Zerk Thatcher doing a bit of a tour of Alberton. Brandon? Yeah. So Not many Brandons playing the game, is Brandon there? Ellis. Hmm. Um. Do you remember Brandon Walsh from 90210? That's where I was headed. Brandon and Brenda Walsh. Was, was, which one was that? Was that Luke Perry or was that? Valet. Jason Priestley. Jason Priestley, yep. yeah. Um, Shannon Doherty was Brenda Walsh. Or were you more of a... Uh, Brian Austin Green. Or a Melrose Place kind of guy with Heather Locklear or her brother Tarkin Lockyer. <laughs> <laughs> Collingwood player. <laughs> All right, I think that's yeah, time to wrap enough. it up. Yeah, okay. Thanks, everybody, for calling and texting today. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, if you're the first caller on the show, you win stuff. We've got so much stuff to give away, so we appreciate it. Hopefully, you've uh, been informed and have a bit of a laugh on your Wednesday morning, too. Going for 21 degrees, Mark Bickley. I will catch you tomorrow. Yep, see you then.